Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. Whether it's with someone close to you or someone you just met, sharing your faith can be difficult, but our God knows the challenge and his word contains wisdom for how to meet that challenge. In our current series, Living an Intentional Life, we're learning about the five eyes of evangelism. Identify, invest, intercede, inform, and invite. These five steps will help you to build a biblical strategy for bringing the gospel to others and watching for God to multiply your efforts. We're glad you're listening and we hope this series will renew your commitment to spread the good news. Now let's listen in. Well, if you have your Bibles and want to go ahead and open up to Deuteronomy chapter 6, maybe you have an app that you're going to use. You can use the Rolling Hills app. It has access to uh, the scriptures as well there. If you don't have a Bible of your own, uh, we have some at the Next Steps table in the gym. We'd love for you to grab one of those and and make it your own. It'll be our gift uh, to you this morning. Uh, We are in, like I said earlier, week four of five of our series called Living an Intentional Life, where we've been talking about the five eyes of living an intentional life. And this series kind of the next, this week and next week will bring us to one of my favorite Sundays at Rolling Hills, uh, November 20th. It's not always November 20th, but November 20th is one of our favorite Sundays. It's called Stories of Thanksgiving, where we celebrate kind of what Jesus is doing in our church and in the body in general. So we'll talk about just overall things that God's doing at Rolling Hills, but also some individuals' uh, lives and how God's transforming and and shaping. And that Sunday, we'll have a baptism, at least one, I think two is is hopeful uh, on that Sunday. So it'll be a great Sunday. Uh, We'll celebrate communion on that day. And then the 27th, November 27th, that's the Sunday after Thanksgiving we'll celebrate, we'll begin our Christmas series. And so I, I'm, I don't know about you, I'm really excited about it. Um, so I've already started listening to Christmas music. Actually, I started in July. I just couldn't admit that to y'all uh, yet. It's normal at this point. Uh, I think inside of November, you can, you can listen to it without being ridiculed. Uh, but I, I, I love it. I listen to it. I listened to it on the way this morning. Uh, Cooper was like, why are we listening to Christmas music? I'm like, because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Why don't you like the birth of Jesus? And uh, so he, he didn't respond to that. So, but, we're, that, but this morning, again, we're in the week, week four of five of living an intentional life. And uh, we've talked about these five eyes of living an intentional life, hopefully just to kind of be a tool, something that we can remember, help us remember what it means to live an intentional life. And we said that they were to identify, to invest, to intercede, to inform, and invite. And we started that week one with identify, and we asked you to identify five people in just the normal rhythms of your life that you just don't know where they are with Jesus, to just begin saying, God, I'm going to be intentional in these relationships, to find out where these individuals are that you've put in my life. And we remember the people that we identified are not projects, they're people, right? They're they're not our project for the next 12 weeks or whatever. They're God's people, and so we just want to ask God to give us opportunities to, to invest in them. That was week two. And we talked about in investing, meaning that it was, it, it's, it's often more practical. It really, that we stay prepared is what, was what investing means, but it's often more practical than we imagine. That a lot of times we kind of, we, we blow it out of proportion and we just get too, it gets too big. And, and really what it looks like is being a good neighbor and a good friend, sharing the lives, life's up and downs with our friends and our neighbors. And last week we talked about interceding, meaning praying for those people that we've identified. And, and we talked about interceding being praying prayers for others that they don't know how to pray for themselves. 
right? As saying on their behalf, God, would you be their savior? God, would you be their peace? Because they're looking for it in another place. And, and we talked about how Jesus at the, at the right hand of the Father today, at this very moment, is interceding for us. So when we intercede for others, we join in the work that Jesus himself is doing. And that's just incredible. And this morning, we're going to take that turn to the, some of the stuff that honestly makes us nervous when we talk about it. Because we're going to make the turn and begin or talk about over the next couple of minutes what it means to take the step of informing. And, and what it means to step in and actually share the good news with others. And the passage, our, our passage for this morning is Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9. And I'm just going to read that and then we'll pray and dive in real quick. It says this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commands that I give to you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hand and bind them on, on your forehead. Write them on the doorframe of your houses and on your gates. Let's pray together. Jesus, we pray for this morning and our time together. God, that you would speak to us clearly by the power of your spirit and open our hearts and stir our hearts to hear from you. Lord, we pray for those, those individuals that you've, you've brought to mind over the past several weeks that, that to identify that we just don't know about where they are in their relationship with you. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to invest in them, just to share life with them and to pray for them. And God, we pray that as we talk this morning about informing, that you would give us that boldness to actually speak those words when you give us that opportunity. It's in Christ's strong and mighty name that we pray. Amen and amen. And we've talked about this the past couple of weeks, and if it weren't true, then it wouldn't need repeating, but I believe that it is true, and so that's the, that's the reason why I feel like it's the obvious place to start, that conversation, the conversation about personal evangelism, about sharing our faith with others, is one that is clouded with this paralyzing, and paralyzing anxiety and fear, sometimes shame uh, that's, that's come over us, right, and, or guilt, maybe you've been guilted, or, or you've had this anxiety about sharing your faith for some time. And the reality is that, that for some reason, right, we have this, we have this thing that we've, we've, we get nervous about it. And I believe the same thing that we talked about with Invest is what happens when we talk about sharing our faith and, and informing is that it just, it's, it's overcomplicated. We've overcomplicated things. We've gotten it to where it's just out of, outside of our norm or something that's too big for us to handle. And, and, and so uh, hopefully uh, we get, as we get swallowed in this flood of potential questions and, and, and whether or not we're able to communicate it or, or if we might fend somebody or break, some, break friendships or, or say something wrong, I, I hope that this morning that what we can do, my goal as I've been preparing, and, and to be honest, like I'm in the same boat with you. It's not like, again, we talked about this last week, like when, when, when you are become a pastor, right, we don't get a t-shirt that's like, I share the gospel without fear, right? I, I, I don't. I, I still get nervous. I was talking to somebody on my way up here. I still get nervous every time I walk up here. I'm always nervous about sharing the gospel, about proclaiming God's good news. It's, nerves are just part of my life, right? But it doesn't stop me in these moments. Sometimes it does stop me in moments with, with friends. And, and, and by God's grace, there, there's times that I've pushed through. So I'm in the same boat that you are. 
But my goal as I was preparing this week and studying this passage is hopefully rather than kind of giving us a, a pregame speech to kind of stir us and give, rally us for a moment of, of emotional momentum, what I really hope to do is to give us, what, give us something that's grounded in God's truth and deeply practical. Something that's grounded in God's truth and deeply practical. And the best place for us to begin, I believe, is the passage that we just read. And because I believe, if you have your worship guides, this is the first, uh, first item there for you to fill out, first line for us to fill out, that I believe that to inform others starts, we start with remembering and rejoicing in what God has done. That to inform others we start with remembering and rejoicing what God has done. Deuteronomy, this is the Lord's words to, to the people of Israel, right? On the, on the backside of him taking them through the desert and, and, and doing all of these things. And they've seen God doing these incredible things. And he says this, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. This, this passage is one of the most important passages in Hebrew literature. I mean, in, in the, for Jewish people, this is a text called the Shema or Shema. And what they would do is, is they would pray this prayer that God gave them twice, uh, twice a day more than likely. I mean, this is a, a regular occurrence that they, would pay, that they would pray this prayer. And it begins with this call for them to remember, to listen up, to pay attention, and to recall the things that God has done. It's not just the phrase that they want to remember. It's the things that that God has done, that he's calling them to remember. To remember that they are God's people, that he has, he has called them out of all of the peoples on earth. He's called them not because they were the greatest, not because of all, but he chose them as his people. And, and he has res he's made promises to Abraham. He fulfilled those promises. He rescued them from Egypt. He led them through the desert. He's done all of these things. And he's reminding them in the very beginning of this prayer, all of the things that he's done, that he is God, one God, faithful to them. He's cared for them. He's carried them. And so remember, to, it's a call. It's a reminder to remember and to rejoice in all that he's done. And it continues. And it becomes a little more individual and, and, and deeper into, our, into the hearts of the individual. It says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. And let these words that I've given you be on your heart. And if we slow down, we hear the, the move from this corporate, hear, O Israel, to individuals who love Jesus or who love the Lord. Individuals who, who take this in. Not just the corporate, but the individual who, who's intimate and, and personal with the Lord and remembering and rejoicing in all of the Lord has done. And I would say this, that the most practical and intentional first step for us, the most practical and intentional first step towards informing is regularly remembering and rejoicing in the truth of the gospel that has rescued, redeemed, and restored us personally. The, the most practical and intentional thing that we can do to take the first step towards informing is to regularly remember, rejoice, remember and rejoice the truth of the gospel that has rescued and redeemed and restored us personally. Jesus says it to his disciples after he sends them out and they do all these incredible things and they come back and they give this report and they're so excited about all the things that they did. And he says this, Luke chapter 10, verse 20 says, however, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. 
Paul over and over again celebrates and highlights God's abundant and amazing grace throughout his letters and rejoices and and invites us to do the same as he rejoices in in, in who God is and the new life that he's been given. And listen to this. He says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, he says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, the idolater, the adulterer, nor men who sleep with men, or, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkard, or the slanders, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such, and that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Over and over in scriptures, there's these moments where Paul and Peter and Jesus remind us of where we've been, but what has happened because of Christ. Such were some of you, as, it, as he says in a different translation, such were some of you. And so the most practical thing that we can do is, not, is, is remembering right what God has done. And the most practical first step towards informing is regularly remembering and rejoicing in the gospel that rescued, redeemed, and restored us personally. And practically how we do that is something that we talk about all the time. It's the regular practices of the people of God. It's opening up God's word and spending time with God in his word. It's, it's spending time in prayer, one-on-one with him. It's spending time in worship. It's spending time in community. It's these places where we, where we are invited to spread, to, to, to remember and rejoice in what God has done. And so when we do those things, the most practical thing that we can do is live the life that God's called us to live and practice the regular practices of what it means to be a, a child of God to move towards being ready to inform and share the good news of the gospel with others. The second practical step, if you ever worship God, is the second thing that I think that we can do is to recognize our role. To inform others, we recognize our role in, the, in God's mission. Deuteronomy verse 7, it says this, Impress on your children, talk about it when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I think for us it's key this morning for us to recognize and to understand where our role, what our role is in this mission that God's called us. And it's no small thing to understand the role that God has given us. And so to really grasp this, right here in Deuteronomy, he says that we have a role to play in sharing his gospel and sharing his story. And, it, and, and what, what's incredible is that God has always been calling his people to share his story. I mean, it didn't start in the New Testament when Jesus gave the Great Commission. That's not when the beginning of him calling his people to, to share the story. Jesus did give us that commission, right, in, at, the end of his, at the end of his time on earth before he ascends to heaven. But right here in Deuteronomy, this is a part of God saying, hey, from the very beginning, you're going to tell the story of God. The people of God are going to tell the story of God to not only to their people, but to, it spreads all the way out. Because he told even Abraham, it's going not just, to not just you and your family, but all the peoples of earth will be blessed through you. And so somehow that's going to happen. And so this from the very beginning, God gives the call to his people to share his story with others. And this goes back to a passage that we've talked about every week. And here it comes again, Luke, or excuse me, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Luke's Great Commission. Luke tells us the Great Commission. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
So what is our role in this is that we would be witnesses. We would be the sent ones, those who go out, those who have experienced the transforming power of the gospel, the ones who have experienced this amazing grace and been rescued out of the darkness into the light, those who, have, who were dead in our sins but been made alive in Christ. And he tells us a little bit more in Acts. He tells us just something else about this role. He reminds us the importance of the Holy Spirit in that role. He doesn't just tell us to go out and do it on our own. Our role isn't about doing great things for Jesus. Our role as witnesses means that we yield ourselves to the Spirit for Him to use us. J.D. Greer, pastor uh, and, and author, says this. He says, it means that we're perceptive to where He's at work, where Jesus is at work around us and we join Him. Jesus said in John chapter 5, John chapter five I, never do any, I never do things on my own initiative. I only do what I see the Father doing around me. And so you and I do what Jesus does. And so we're not trying to do things for Jesus. We're trying to do things with Jesus. And sharing this God's story starts. Sharing this God's story, doing this, operating inside of our role is walking with the Holy Spirit seeing where he's already active. That's why we said, identify five people that you don't know what their relationship with Jesus is and begin just kind of having conversations with them, figuring out where they are. Again, not a project, they're people, they're made in God's image. But we're asking, we're saying, God, we want to see where you're working. And as we even identified, we're saying, God, would you help me identify? So we're, we're asking him to be the one who does the identifying. So he's already at work going before us. And we're yielding to his spirit as, he do, as we do what he's called us to do to share his story. And that story begins by sharing at our home and it extends outward from there is what the passage says. We've talked about it over the past several weeks. It was the guide, what, what guided our prayer time last week. If you missed that, man, what a great time to be able just to, to, to spend some time praying and interceding for those folks that we'd identified at the end of our service last week. But it, it guided that because it begins in our home Right, and for, for us is what the passage tells us. He says it begins when impress these on your children and talk about them when you get up and when you lie down, when you walk along the road. And so that first stop, that first place is in our home. And Jesus tells you, you're going to start in Jerusalem and then Judea and then to Samaria and the ends of the earth. He says right here in the places that I've got you right now, it's where it's going to start. And then it spreads to all of the other places in the normal rhythms of our lives. He says, bind them on your, on your hands and on your forehead and just these outward, recommend, outward recognition, outward spaces of door frames and, and gates to say, hey, this is who my God is. Everywhere, everyone, I want to share with them who God is and what he's done. The sad thing about this passage but the sad thing is that the Israelites did not. They, they didn't do what God called them to do in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is one of the most important passages in Scripture, right, and, and for the Israelite people and for the Jewish people. But they didn't do what God told them to do. They didn't impress it on their kids. And one of the saddest passages in all of Scripture, Judges chapter 2 Verse 10, and the reason why I believe that we have to take our call so seriously, it says this, Judges chapter 10 verses, Judges chapter 2 verses 10 and 11, it says this, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, meaning all of those people that were there and heard that call, Joshua and all of them, God took them 
It says another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And the Israelites did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord and served Baals. They served other gods. Listen to me. What happens here has got to be one of the saddest things that Scripture tells us. And I personally don't want to be that generation who doesn't share with the next generation and the gospel is forgotten. I, I, I personally don't want to be those people who forget to tell, who don't do what God's called us to do, and the next generation is raised up or they, they grow up and they don't know about the Lord and what he's done. It's why we put such an emphasis on children's ministry and, and family ministry here at Rolling Hills and, and, and why we put such an, a, a, a big emphasis on student ministry and, and we want to grow those things even at our campus because we don't want to let the next generation grow up and not know what the Lord has done. And how, he's, how he's come to save us and to rescue us and to be honest, the reality is that they didn't forget about what the Lord had done. If you go to, to the Israelite people, if you'd have been able to go back to them and ask them about what God had done, they would be able to tell you all the things that he did. Not the new generation because they didn't know, but these people who did know but didn't tell, they didn't forget about it. They just didn't prioritize it. And I'm not going to throw all of us under the bus, but I'll throw myself under the bus. The reality is that we know what it means to have things that are important to us, but we don't prioritize them. I can tell you Without a doubt, the day that I was married, September 18th, 2004, I can tell you more things about that day than you have time or interest in. But the reality is that every year when that anniversary comes around, there are certain years that I don't prioritize that date the way that it deserves. Maybe like this past year when it fell on a Sunday and it was 9.45 when Rebecca walked in the gym and she was like, happy anniversary, and I was like, awesome. Didn't prioritize that very well. It's not that I forgot about it. I know what date it was. I know what happened that day. I still have the ring. I haven't lost it. Knock on something. <laughs> but I didn't prioritize it. And if we're going to share the gospel, if we're going to inform the next generation, if we're going to inform the people that are on our list about what it means to have a relationship with God, if, if we're going to pass away and go to be with the Father and the next generation is going to know about what he's done, we're going to have to prioritize sharing the gospel, the good news of what God has done with the next generation and with our friends and our family. Listen, if we don't, they will neither know of the Lord or what he's done. It's what it says happened, and it's what will happen if we don't prioritize it. Lastly, as we, to be able to inform others, when we talk about living an intentional life, what we have to do to inform others is to remain ready to share the gospel, to remain ready to share God's story and our story. To inform means we prioritize God's story and remain ready to share it with those that God puts us around. It's the final step. 
And, and I know that across the room, many of you have probably hoped that maybe this time uh, the pastor is not going to tell you that you've got to share the gospel with words, right? That you're, this is some newfangled one that you don't have to talk to people, uh, especially our introverts in the room. They're like, if I just don't have to talk to people, I would be great to share the gospel with friends. I know that introverts like to talk to people. I get it. I get it. I, I, don't, don't tell me about your personality. I, I understand. Y'all are not as fun as I am. The, um, the <laughs> I'm just joking. But the reality is we are going to have to share. And I know some of us have even, we, we, we know that quote that we, that we ascribe to St. Francis of Assisi that says that to preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words, right? And the reality is we don't even know if he said that. But the reality is also that we know that he was well willing to share the gospel even in very tough places with words. And so I, I don't believe that you can share the gospel without words. I mean, it is you proclaim it and, and how can they know it unless they hear it is what scripture says. And so I, I can hear many of us say, but, uh, but, I, but I'm not informed enough to be able to share. I'm not informed enough to inform somebody else. And, and at the risk of maybe hurting some of our feelings, uh, I, I mean, when was the last time not being informed kept us from posting on Facebook about things that we weren't informed about? The reality is that you know all you need to know about the story of God's good news, to share it with others. But even in the midst of that, our hope is, is again to be grounded biblically and deeply practical. And so what we did, we, we've put together, and most of, I hope that most of you got one of these as you came in, and this is a resource, just one of those for you to be able to hold on to. And it's not a tract. I think we're going to work on something smaller that you might could give a friend, and you could give somebody this, but this is more really for you. For that moment when you have that opportunity for you to be able to kind of say, hey, I'm going to share the gospel. And sometimes I don't know how to say the words, but I have. But right here, can I walk with you through what it means to understand the gospel? And on each page, it just asks, it has the questions like the truth that God created us to enjoy a personal relationship with him. That he created you and I and all, cre all of his creation to have a, pur a, purposeful, a personal relationship and a purposeful life. And what does that mean for us? That God has chosen us, that God has, has a purpose for each of us and he wants us to know him. But something happens, right? There's, there's something that happens. Why, why is it that, that many people don't have this close relationship with him? Because sin separates us. And what is sin? It's when we are disobedient. What happens when we sin is that we, we're separated from God. How do we deal with this sin? Well, we do it in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we just act like it doesn't exist, that we're not sinners, but the scripture tells us that we are sinners. And so we have to deal with that. So what we do is rather we just avoid it and don't talk about it. And we try to fill that up with something else, with possessions or with people or, or with jobs and career, but that's never going to make it happen. Or we try to do it with our good works. Maybe we try to fill that chasm, that, that separation with with good deeds and mission trips and going to church and living a moral life, but it won't cut it. So how can it be done? How can we, how can the separation between us and God be, what can we do about it? Well, the, we can't do anything, but that separation was, was fixed by Jesus. 
And it had to be Jesus because he was fully God and fully man. And, and, and what did Jesus' death accomplish? It accomplished, it was a sacrifice that was sufficient. And, and in his resurrection, it gives us life. It offers us the life, his life, that we, his righteousness is now ours so that that chasm between us, between us and God because of our sin can be filled with hands. So how do, we, how do we cross that chasm? What, what do we have to do? Well, this is what we do. What, what we have to do is we have to have genuine faith. We have to put our faith in Jesus, put our faith in him as our savior and as our king. And it only, he's the only one who can restore that relationship. Only faith, not our effort, can connect us with, G, with God again and have that relationship with him. So what is genuine faith? And I believe this is so key. This is such a, a great, great question. I, I'm glad you asked. What was genuine faith? Genuine faith is when our whole person responds to the good news of who God is. That in our minds we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, that he's the son of God, that we're sinners and we're deserving of a punishment and that Jesus died, Jesus' death and resurrection paid for our sin. In our hearts we turn away from sin. This is, this is what we talk about, repentance. We renounce sin in our lives and we repent from it, we turn away from it and then we, we confess that, that we're sin, that confess our sins and he's faithful to forgive us and with our wills we surrender to him and make him our king. So what do we do? Where are you? I mean, if you're sitting with somebody and you get, to, you get to walk through this, the question is, where are you? Where are you now in, that, in this conversation? And you're really in one of four places. You're either in a place where you're like, I'm not ready because of whatever. Or maybe you are ready. Maybe you're ready to put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you have already put your faith in Jesus, but you're ready to take that next step. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's getting involved in a community group. Maybe it's starting to read God's word and really beginning to take your next step. Or maybe you're growing Christian and following Jesus and you know this, but it's so good to remind yourself of it and to rejoice in it. And this is one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is to, what does it look like to pray with somebody? And this is not, a, this is not a, a script for us, but it's certainly a great outline. I can tell you that a couple years ago when Cooper was talking to us and we were at camp, this is a number of years ago, we were at a camp and I was preaching there and after the service we go back and I'm exhausted and they've been up all day long, but he says, Dad, I, I, I want to make Jesus my Savior. And I'm like a absolute mess. I know that's really crazy for you to think that. I mean, it just, it's, I, I can't handle it. And like, I forget everything. I'm like, I don't know where to even start, right? I'm like, that's awesome. Let me go get a pastor, right? <laughs> and luckily I had on my phone an app that I could pull up and, and it helped me walk through it. It was just a resource because I had nothing. Praise the Lord for a resource. And not only do we have this, but this is, it's on, on the app. You can use the digital version as well, like the, the, to walk through and to learn and to walk somebody through the gospel. What I want us to remember is that we are not without the need, without what we need to do what God's called us to do. And this morning, wherever you're at, and I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And this morning, wherever you're at, and I don't know where you are. Maybe you're in one of those, you're, you're, we're certainly in one of those four places and maybe, maybe you are a faithful follower of Jesus and you're walking with the Lord and you love the Lord. And so if that's you, then I wanna ask you just to spend the next couple of seconds praying for those in the room that maybe you're not in that place. 
Maybe you've trusted Christ, but it's time for you to take that next step and you want to follow Jesus in baptism or you just know I need to pick up my Bible and read my Bible and I want, to, I want you to pick up a daily step and, and read through that or find it on the app and, and read through God's word with me this next week and just begin the practice of reading God's word. You've done a great job by gathering here. That's a great next step. You want to be in a community group. Let's get you connected there. Maybe, you, maybe you're not ready for whatever reason. And I'd love to have a conversation about what that reason is. But I'm, if there's any of us that are ready this morning to put our faith in Jesus, to say, I want to make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of my life, then we want to give you that opportunity this morning. And so I'm going to ask our, some of our um, our prayer team just to step in the back and these guys will be there just to begin a conversation with you, right? So if you want to step back there as, as we pray for the offering here in just a minute and as we sing, uh, the, the prayer team is going to be back in the back and they'll just start the conversation with you about what it means to take that next step. And if you just have a prayer concern, just something that you want to pray for, or you want somebody to pray with you here this morning about, you're more than welcome to go and talk to them uh, this morning and spend a couple seconds with them. But don't wait this morning. If you're in that place where you don't know where you are with Jesus, but you're ready to take the next step, ready to find out more about what it means to have a relationship with him, don't let this day pass without taking that step. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward just real quick, and we're going to pray for this. And we're just, this song that we're going to sing is such a great song of response and just that reminder for us personally, but also just the call to share the gospel with others. And so as we pray for this and, and they take the offering, I'm sure there'll be a moment where you'll want to stand up and sing and join with us as we just are reminded of God's grace and mercy and just celebrate the good news that we get to share. So I'm going to pray for the offering. And if you're a guest and or have a prayer request, you're more than welcome to drop this in the offering basket as it passes. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you have loved us first, that you love us best, that there's no love that matches you. And you told us this, that, that greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And you laid your life down for us while we were enemies, it says. You laid your life down for us that we could have a relationship with you. You loved us first. You came after us. You love us best, and you love us always. Nothing can separate us from your love, is what your word says. Neither height nor depth can separate us from your love. And God, I believe that this morning you're working in this room, and you are pursuing the hearts of individuals, some that are in that place where they have trusted with you, but they know they need to take that next step and maybe get serious about their relationship with you, and they're ready to take that next step. God, I pray that by the power of your Spirit, you would continue to move in them. I pray for those who are on that edge of making the decision to follow you, God, that you would just, by the power of your Spirit, God, that you would move this morning. And draw them to yourself as we lift up your name. Your word says, you say that as we lift up your name, that you will draw men and women to yourself. So, Father, I pray and I, I, I pray and believe that you will do that this morning as we sing and celebrate your goodness and lift up your name. I pray that you would take this offering, God, and you would use it to take the gospel, your good news, to the ends of the earth. In Christ's strong and mighty name that we pray. Amen and amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. 
part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app or follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. See you next time.